Today on episode number 356 of the Teaching in Higher Ed podcast, I talk about one year in. Produced by Innovate Learning, maximizing human potential. Welcome to this episode of Teaching in Higher Ed. I'm Bonnie Stahovia, and this is the space where we explore the art and science of being more effective at facilitating learning. We also share ways to improve our productivity approaches so we can have more peace in our lives and be even more present for our students. We're slightly over more than a year of dealing with a global pandemic. And even though I missed the quote unquote deadline, I didn't want to miss this opportunity to do a little bit of reflection. I think reflection is such an important part of our process as teachers, as people who want to show up in the world in authentic ways. So this is going to be a bit of a reflection on the last year that we have had. I vividly remember the last outing that we had, at least that was work-related. A couple of colleagues and I, we were setting up what is known as the IFD Studio, the Institute for Faculty Development Studio, and going shopping for the furniture. We had a lot of the plans were done, but we had to go get some of the big items for furniture and make some choices there. I had no idea what was in store. There are so many things that have happened since then. I have learned enough about masks, not only to own more than will fit in a single drawer, but also now I have certain features that I prefer on said masks, and I'm a little bit particular about things. I also have had the opportunity to learn quite a bit about the coronavirus in general. I'm on our university's COVID-19 leadership team. And so I listen to a lot of podcasts, I read a lot, and I also sometimes come into pop cultural references, including this clip from Fallon Tonight that I found on TikTok, which I think says more than I could say about vaccines in terms of the cultural elements of them. Well, this is great news. The FDA says Johnson & Johnson's one-shot vaccine is safe and effective. Only one shot. They actually released an official statement explaining their vaccine. They said, You only get one shot! (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, Moderna and Pfizer are jealous because their vaccines take two shots. So they released a statement that said, (laughs) But people don't really care which shot they get as long as it works. They're just like, So Moderna, Pfizer, and Johnson & Johnson put their differences aside to release this statement. Taking it from the humorous over to the not humorous at all, we've also been witness to immense inequities. And I recently listened to an episode of the podcast called The Dig about the global vaccine apartheid. And as of this recording, I have had both of my vaccine shots and am taken care of. But I am reminded of all of those who will be without the vaccine, whether it be for the long term or perhaps even in many cases forever. There have been a lot of people that have done reflecting about the year that's gone by. I'll be posting in the show notes a piece by Michelle Miller that she wrote for the Chronicle called A Year of Remote Teaching that I enjoyed reading. 
And I'm going to share just a few reflections now of things that I've been thinking about happened over the course of this year. I can remember the last time that I hugged a student. In fact, I I just vividly recall how things, they didn't happen immediately, but it sure felt like it when I came to the realization that we were no longer going to be meeting in a classroom any longer. But before that, I came to that conclusion. One of the students, her grandmother was in the process of passing away and her mom was in the hospital and she asked if she could leave 15 minutes early from class so that she could go spend time with her mom as her mom experienced her own mother's death. And there were tears in her eyes and I gave her a big hug and looked her deeply in the eyes and said, I don't think you need to wait until 15 minutes before class ends. Why don't you go now and be with your mom? And I just remember that so vividly. And we did stay in touch the rest of the semester. And she later on let me know that indeed her grandmother had passed away and some more parts of that story. But I remember that hug and I remember those moments where the in-person can be a sense that we're providing comfort for others. And as I spoke about earlier, I certainly have been witnessed locally to amplified inequities, those students without computing devices, those students without regular and reliable Wi-Fi access. And we were fortunate in that we have a food pantry at our university, which is still relatively new. And we were one of only three out of a total of nine in our county at colleges that was able to remain open this entire time. I'm grateful for all of my colleagues that have made that possible. There, of course, has been quite a bit of humor around coronavirus, particularly focused at the absurdity of some of the things that we're being asked to do. And and there's a Twitter account called, it's, it's supposed to be Associate Deans, but it's abbreviated ASS Deans. So you can imagine uh, what that is supposed to be abbreviation for. And there's a tweet that comes to mind that reads, to thank you for your hard work. During this difficult time, we are sending all faculty a $20 gift card to the university bookstore. Cards must be redeemed in person and cannot be used online. They expire on December 31st. And while that exact thing did not happen at my institution, let's just say this one hits a little too close to home for me to talk much about here. While there have been so many difficult aspects, there also have been many discoveries on my part. I feel like I'm discovering new ways of sensing, being able to read the room more than I perhaps even thought that I could, even when we used to be in a classroom environment. I've talked previously about my use of collaborative tools such as Google Jamboard or Google Docs, Google Slides, in order to be able to see more of what people are experiencing, what they're learning, what is going on on their end of things. I've also been witness to incredible lessons in independence, and specifically with our children. Our kids can now set up calendar invites in digital ways. They can incorporate businesses. I'm only slightly kidding here. Our son has a real fondness for foxes, and he now refers to himself as a code name of L Fox. And they have been, we bought them 
actually they got them for Christmas, but they, then we bought a bonus set of these fort building tools where there's long sticks and then sort of prongs that you can stick the sticks into in lots of different angles. And so they have been building all kinds of contraptions, forts out of this. And so there is now Foxy Inc. that has been established. And we just crack up at the fact that he's incorporated it already. It has its own logo. It's it's so funny. Their calendar invites can also include Zoom links, which is really funny to be sitting in a Zoom meeting and to get a calendar invite from one of the kids that always contains the most hilarious titles including sometimes them trying to extend their choice time at the end of the day. And as you can expect, often with foxes included as emojis. And they also have had the opportunity to talk to friends from around the world. In a recent episode, when we spoke with Mahapali, we talked about how her daughter has had the opportunity to play Minecraft with our kids. And I just really am so pleased to think about the ways in which these technologies allow us to get exposure to parts of the world and other people that we otherwise might never be able to. With Minecraft, it's funny because so much of their learning is centered around that, not just with vocabulary, but with so many things. I can remember very early on the word texture. I was so surprised that our son knew that word. And oh, yeah, I know that word from Minecraft, but that's not just one anomaly. I promise there are so many more things that they have been able to learn. And it's really been such a joy. I think the last thing I'd like to reflect upon is just how my expectations have really been lowered for myself, for others. And It feels weird to even say that, but just trying to recognize the time that we're in, trying to find what is good enough, and also trying to find time to grieve. And I think that's where I've probably failed the most as I reflect back on this time. It seems when I read other people's work and listen to podcasts and have people talk about that, I wonder if there will come a time where it all kind of falls down and just I need to take that time to grieve. But as it is now, I've been reflecting so much on what Brene Brown talked about in a podcast I'll link to in the show notes about when we're under stress, how some of us will over function and how others will under function. And I know for myself, I definitely fall into the over functioning and I do wonder what that will look like in the long run as I probably am going to need to process even more than I already have some of the grief that's come along the way. Before I get to the recommendations segment, I wanted to take just a moment to thank today's sponsor, and that is Text Expander. What Text Expander lets us do is shorten the time that it takes to type things that we type repetitively, even if we don't realize that we type these things repetitively. You easily create what are called snippets, a short series of letters or numbers or whatever. And when you press your space bar, instantly it expands into something that either you have trouble remembering or that you just find yourself typing over and over again. I have text expander snippets for the show notes for these episodes. And when I create one, it asks me what's the episode number, what's the title, who's the guest. And when that information repeats throughout, it will bring that information down. Just one example would be that 
the guest always provides a recommendation, which we're about to get to in a moment. And so the guest name shows up at the top of the episode show notes, but also down at the bottom for what they're going to recommend. And if you head over to textexpander.com slash podcast, you can get 20% off your first year and find out more information about Text Expander. I've mentioned it many times. Text Expander is really essential to my own productivity system. It saves me a bunch of time. It also helps me keep consistency and accuracy. The show notes are meant to be the same for every episode, and so it's much easier to manage things like that. I also manage now the new, newly redesigned weekly update from Teaching in Higher Ed. All of that is done through Text Expander. On that note, something I've been doing recently is when I create the weekly update, it has a special color that I create or I, I need to type in for each of the buttons that I use. It's a special teal. And I've created a shortcut that's just T-I-H-E, as in teaching in higher ed, teal. And as soon as I type that, up comes the color that it needs to be in the code box. And off I go without having to remember or go look it up somewhere. It saves me a bunch of time. So head on over to textexpander.com slash podcast and let them know that you heard about Text Expander from teaching in higher ed. This is the point in the show where I get to share my recommendations, and I have three of them today. I mentioned on another episode about really loving a new podcast called Strong Songs with Kirk Hamilton. I was very specific on that episode, not to say that I recommended the whole podcast, but I actually just recommended an episode. I love it so much that I want to save it up that as I discover other episodes of his that I want to recommend. And also Dave was disappointed by the way that I had recommended it because he's loving it so much, but I'm still leaving room for him to come on and mention and recommend. Well, actually he can recommend the whole Strong Songs podcast because he doesn't have the rule that he can't repeat himself or repeat me. But anyway, I wanted to recommend a Strong Songs episode that is playlist for trying times. Most of the time, Kirk Hamilton will do the Strong Songs around a particular song, but every once in a while he changes up his format. And for this episode, he created a playlist And the playlist is in all the popular music streaming services. So you can just use that show notes page to go to your preferred streaming service and add those songs to your library. The playlist for trying times includes songs by Paul Simon, Aretha Franklin, Seal, The Cardigans, and Nina Simone, just to mention a few. The next thing I'd like to recommend is like sending someone a greeting card, but it's a little bit more. It's called greetable. And that's the word greetable, but with no E on the end of it will also be a link in the show notes. And what's great about it is it, it is a box. So it is three dimensional inside the box will be some kind of a small gift. It might be a bag of tea or some confetti or some caramels or chocolate, something like that. It might be edible or or non-perishable. And on the box itself, when you open it up, are a bunch of vibrant colors or decorations. And then you also can upload pictures. 
and you can customize it with a particular kind of greeting. In fact, if you sign up for their pro service, you can even customize the entire packaging of the whole box itself. And we send them to our colleagues. We just recently sent out some to celebrate different kinds of accomplishments and People just love it. They have such a good time. A lot of times they'll take pictures of it and share it on social media and we get such a kick out of seeing it. And I just think it's a wonderful way to encourage people. So I'd encourage you to check out Greetable. And I also would encourage you to consider just sending someone a book. I recently sent someone the book called Hope for the Flowers. I'm not actually going to recommend that here because it turns out I already recommended that and I try only to recommend things once, although I'm sure I've broken that rule at some time along the way. But we sent our colleague the book Hope for the Flowers. By the way, in case you haven't been listening to every single episode ever, that is a book that is a children's book, but it's really a book for adults that's disguised as a children's book. And he got such a kick out of it. And I'm looking forward to him being able to read it to his kids and also to just be able to share it with others. It's a really one of my favorite books of all time. So my last recommendation is to consider sending a book. Thanks for listening to this episode of Teaching in Higher Ed, episode 356. If you'd like to look at the show notes, they are already in your podcast player, most likely. And you also can head on over to teachinginhighered.com slash 356. If you have yet to sign up for the weekly update, as I mentioned in January, I updated it. I'm getting a lot of positive feedback that it's a really important resource to people. And I'm so glad I put the time in and the extra expense to do that. So head on over to teachinginhighered.com slash subscribe to get subscribed and receive that weekly email with the recent episodes, show notes, other resources, quotable words, and all kinds of other good stuff. Thanks for listening and I'll see you next time on Teaching in Higher Ed.